Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, it's the best of television for 2019 and also the decade as well. Time for another game of Jumanji. And was the fix in at the Game Awards? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly hope everyone out there listens to all of our great shows, whether it's on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Topic Ocalypse, or the Lakers Fast Break podcast. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. He's our own Jeff Keeley of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. His awesome book, Congratulations, You Suck, and Topic Ocalypse, which is available now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It is my good friend. It is Jeff. Um, um, excuse me, Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Nothing much. Just just got done hosting my 2019 Game Awards show. Did you have a chance to catch that? Oh, yes, I did. And as a matter of fact, we will talk about that on the back end of the show because I have a little bit to say about the Game Awards and who the Game Awards were given to. So that's something I really want to talk to you about. Also, as well as some of the major announcements from State of Play by PlayStation that came out earlier this week because... There's also some major reveals, including what we can now call Xbox Scarlet or the next Xbox. We now have a name for it, so we'll talk about that at the back end of the show. We're going to talk about Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is a major CW crossover event that's been happening for DC. We'll also find out the ratings for it later on in the program because Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com, she's stopping by not only to give us a December TV update, Plus, she's going to give her best of 2019 as far as TV is concerned and also the best of the decade. And, you know, I'll throw in my picks as well. But my friend, when you start off with another great movie coming to movie theaters this weekend, and this week is no exception, Jumanji 2, The Next Level. This is another round of Jumanji. People totally underestimated the first one when it came out, including yours truly, I had no expectations at all for this movie that it would actually do even well the first one when it came out, and it almost garnered a billion dollars at the box office worldwide. 
It actually found an audience during the course of The Last Jedi's run. And after The the Last Jedi was number one, guess what came in its place? Something that was released before hit number one after in Jumanji. So this is going to be something where it's going to at least get the first weekend before Star Star Wars Rise of Skywalker comes out. But do you see lightning strike twice in Jumanji 2 on the fact that it did so well after the first few weeks and just in January, February seemed to pick up steam and everybody seemed to go ahead and after they saw The Last Jedi went to go see Jumanji. Do you see that happening again for the sequel? I do, because look, they got Danny DeVito and Danny Glover both on there. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a pretty powerful cast right there, especially you know if you include the fact that they're supposed to be playing other people like that's, that's even funnier, but you know, and even I think all the buzz that this might be Jack Black's last film before he retires. I think that's also generating buzz though. I did hear that there was a pick of destiny two being worked on a while back. So I don't know how true these rumors are, but well, he, he said he just wants to at this point, cause he's like me, he just hit 50 wants to settle down with the family. But he said, if a Quentin Tarantino came, knocking on the door, he would go ahead and, and just go and do that in a minute. So he, he said that he, he's not, if he retires and this would be his last film, it would probably be only in the, you know, non-literal sense and that given a good project or given a good chance to go ahead. And if he was given a right film role, he would go back into it. Plus he said he wouldn't discount being on TV because that would be able to give him more family time as well. Yeah. So nothing's set in stone until it is, but Okay, so here's the thing. I have never watched the last Jumanji. I saw, you know, obviously I've seen Robin Williams' Jumanji, but I didn't see the last one. So I keep asking people, and these are people who I know have all varied tastes in films, and I'm like, was Jumanji good? And they're like, yeah, it was actually really funny. So these are all people who, you know, the, they are come from all different walks of life, and they like all different types of movies, and I'm getting the same consensus from all of them. So I'm thinking... Maybe it's time I need to sit down and actually watch these movies. And if this many people love this movie and, you know, it, it feels like the next Jumanji is something that, yeah, you can take a family to go see and it will reach a wide variety of people. So I have no doubt that it's going to do just as well as the first one, if not better. I did see it after the fact, and I will tell you, it was popcorn fun. It's all right on the funny side. It's okay. I mean, I'm, I didn't like it as much as a lot of other people did, but it's popcorn fun. To me, I thought it was very light, very campy. They didn't take themselves seriously, which I think is a good thing in this case. And I think overall, it was just a fun film. And if you're into a fun film like that, I think it's something for you. And Jumanji 2, the next level, looks to be something very similar. I don't think they're going to mess with the formula too much. They said they would go into more character detail on this one. So because Sony obviously has eyes on this one for at least going the distance or one more with or without Jack Black, they're probably going to go ahead at some point. And even if this does anywhere near what Jumanji did, I see a Jumanji three on the horizon after that with or without Jack Black. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But I really think that they're not going to mess too much with the formula. The reviews have come out and they are very similar to what the first one had in that, you know, they thought it was just okay. Family fun, popcorn fun, the same things that I saw into it. So right now I can tell you that you should go see Jumanji before you go see Jumanji 2, just so that you have an idea what's going on and that you won't be disappointed as long as you're not going expecting 
true cinema art or something that's really outstanding, as long as you just want to go ahead and have a good time, I think you'll get what you bargained for. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Everyone's saying it's it's just a fun movie to watch. So, you know, I don't know if I would make it to the theaters to see this one, but, you know, looking back on all the people who've talked so fondly of it, it is something that I would love to just sit down on my couch and watch on a day off. I do plan on doing that. You know, I'd love to talk about on a future episode, but yeah, it just, it sounds like it's a fun movie. Is it something that you and your family are interested in going to see together? Kind of, but it's not exactly to the level of star Wars rise of Skywalker coming out next week. It's something that we think we may catch maybe during Christmas break and all that, but we'll have to wait and see. I'm not going to go see it right away. I don't think unless something really compels me to do so, but I don't see anything compelling me to do so at this point in time. I just think it's something I'm going to catch at some point in time. I'm busy right now trying to catch up with all the award-winning movies, the ones that are winning all these, these awards or the, the acclaim, these, these high up on the list because all these critic lists have come out and I'm just trying to catch up with many of them. In fact, in the past week, I've seen five movies that are on lists right now all over with critics. So I'm really just trying to catch up with that so I can determine my own best of 2019 list. So is Jumanji 2 on the list somewhere as far as me going to be able to see it? Yes, but right now I've just got to prioritize which movies I have to see. And the movies that are really getting critical acclaim are the ones I'm probably going to prioritize first before I see Jumanji 2. But yes, I will be making my way. If my girls want to and my wife wants to, the whole family and all that, yeah, I'll probably go ahead and check it out maybe even sooner rather than later. I think a film like this, what makes it good or what is really going to decide whether or not it's good is, is it going to be able to pull families into it? You know, we have all these franchises going on. Are people going to want to leave their houses to go see this movie? Is it something that moms and dads are going to want to pay 17, 18 bucks a ticket to go take their families to see? And I think if it can rise above that standard, then yeah, that is the mark of a successful film. The expectations monetarily are kind of what I feel are on the low side. It's only expected to do around $45 million domestically here at the box office. I have a feeling it's going to go above that because I think there's a lot of goodwill when it comes to Jumanji. Like I said, my friend, people went to go see this movie in droves after the first of the year two years ago when the first one came out. I mean, they let The Last Jedi have its run in the first couple weeks and everything was good until people started really becoming divisive on The Last Jedi. So the word of mouth spread. And there's a reason why The Last Jedi earned $600 million less than The Force Awakens. And that was because of the bad word of mouth with some individuals out there that really didn't like The Last Jedi and the controversy and all that. After three weeks, four weeks or so, it went down Jumanji stayed level and actually got more interest. People went to go see that instead. And that's when it really started gaining some notoriety as a big hit for Sony. I see something similar this time around. Maybe not because if Rise of Skywalker is actually good and actually not as polarizing as The Last Jedi, it could be a little bit longer wait for Jumanji 2 to get back on top. But at least we'll have one weekend on top, $45 million domestically and maybe $150 million worldwide is Maybe a little bit on the lower side, but we'll wait and see right now what's going on with Jumanji 2, and we'll let you know what exactly happened this weekend at the box office on our Monday show, Pop Culture Cosmos. But for right now, it looks like that Jumanji 2, the next level, 
It's coming out to pretty good reviews. A lot of people out there are like, oh, it looks like it's a lot more fun, just like the first one. So a lot of people are expecting to go ahead and take in Jumanji 2 the next level this weekend. And again, we'll let you know how it did at the box office on our Monday show, The Pop Culture Cosmos. What are your thoughts out there on Jumanji 2 the next level? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, before we head to the break, my friend, and our conversation with Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com, I got to ask you, as our comic book man in the know, can you shed some light on what's going on with this DC crossover on the CW with all their superhero shows in Crisis on Infinite Earths and the comic books that it gets its source material from? So Crisis on Infinite Earths is basically all of uh, DC's worlds that they have created. So Marvel did a bad job of this, right? Like they have all these different timelines where all these different versions of different heroes exist. DC has the same thing, but they've done a good job at connecting them, showing that they're all, you know, going side by side with each other. They have, you know, the, the Justice League and the Justice Frontier, like all the all the old comic books are still getting new story arcs in this. And while like the newer version of these heroes, Crisis, the, the new 52, things like that, like they're all uh, parallel universes, but they all can coincide with each other. You know, obviously the Flash has the ability to run in and out of these universes. With Crisis on Infinite Earths, I, I love what the CW is doing, where they're taking all, you know, taking our favorite like Arrowverse shows, right? We have The Flash and the Arrow, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, and they're, they're taking all these shows that didn't really get, um, you know, might not last that much longer or are already about to end, and they're bringing closure to us. They're, they're giving us, showing us what, how these shows end, how does um, Oliver's story end, where is The Flash going to go? All these different heroes that they have spread out through these different shows are bringing them them together but not only that they're taking old uh old properties right like the the old michael keaton batman you have the um what what's his name the guy that did the voice kevin connelly batman uh he, he's a version yeah, of him kevin, they brought, kevin conroy kevin conroy sorry they brought brandon roth back from superman returns they have all these old films that have been kind of spinning in their own universes for so long they've managed to bring them all together and kind of make it one coherent piece and I've never seen that done with a TV show before. And I, you know, I'm going to to check it out as soon as the, you know, the whole thing is complete. But I love even hearing about the idea that they brought, you know, they have Constantine and he goes and visits Lucifer from the Netflix show uh, that was originally on Fox. Like that is really cool to me. So I think they're doing a great job with this. You know, it does show that they care about the fans. They care about the people who've grown up with these shows. And that's something that, I haven't seen, you know, Marvel's TV division do at all. So do you have any inclination to watch this crisis? It's hard to really for me to get into at this point. I noticed you talked about how DC on the TV end is doing it right. This after we've talked about how DC finally on the movie end is finally getting it right. And, you know, it's a sign where maybe Marvel is starting to show a few cracks here and there as far as their presentation is concerned. But I think when it comes down to it, you heard this week the news that their TV division, that they, all of our all their TV stuff that they were doing, you know, outside of the regular universe that they're in with Disney Plus and all that, that they're doing whatever outlet or whatnot when it concerns Netflix, when it concerns ABC, when it concerns Freeform, what have you, 
they folded that division within Marvel Studios. So right now their focus for Marvel is the Disney Plus shows that are coming up on the horizon along with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But as far as DC is concerned, uh, you know, we, we often use the CW as a butt of our jokes, especially when I speak to Jessica Box from the TV Ratings Guide.com. But you know what? Their backbone and pretty much their entire network is comprised of DC shows. So this is a smart crossover event for them to go ahead and do. I'm just worried that they won't be able to, with the lower budgets that they have, be able to pull something effectively off. So maybe that's why I'm not in tune to it as much as I maybe should, because of the fact that I just don't have enough faith in the DC product when it comes to the CW network, because they've never been able to show anything that really gets people's interest in a large amount of ratings or anything of that nature. Yeah, I mean, that that's true, because the, the thing with these CW shows, you know, especially the, the DC heroes that they, they seem to adapt is you never know when the show is going to get canceled, right? You had Constantine canceled after six episodes. Legends of Tomorrow has been on for, what, five, four or five seasons now, and it's coming to an end. Arrow's coming to an end, and that was like the big show. So how long is the Flash coming to an end? Supernatural has been on for 14 years, so I mean... You know, they did a good job with that. But, you know, it's just how long until these these shows all get canceled. So you're getting attached to these things. So, you know, on that note, I'm really glad that they're bringing a proper end to these heroes or, you know, jumping ahead. If they are going to end, they're jumping ahead and saying, you know, here we go. Like, what if this happens? Like, at least you have this. Right. So. I'm excited about that, but yeah, no, I totally like, I don't get attached to these shows anymore. Like I barely watch any of these. I've seen a few episodes of Supergirl, watched four seasons of Arrow, watched two seasons of, uh, of the flash one season of legend of tomorrow. But like, I just, I, there's so many and I don't have time to keep up with it anymore, but I do love the idea of what they're doing. You've got black lightning, Batwoman. You didn't even mention there. There's others as well. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if just like Thanos came out of a portal and just like, tried to snap the ball away <laughs> until next season <laughs> right right yeah just uh the i would love to see you know that ultimate comic book crossover come to life you know marvel versus dc that'd be cool if they could somehow uh come together over that that would be great indeed but it is crisis on infinite earth you know if you get a chance to check it out or if you have checked it out we'd love to hear your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And let us know if it's something that we need to catch in its entirety, and we'll go ahead and make the effort to do so. Or also let us know if it's not even worth our time. Well, coming up next, we've got Jessica Box from the TVRatingsGuide.com. She's going to stop by with her December TV update. Plus also she's going to give her list of the best TV shows of 2019 and also as well, the best TV shows of the decade. And I'll throw in some just for good measure. And on the back end of the show, we've got our talk on the state of play from PlayStation and the Game Awards. Was the fix in when it concerns Death Stranding? I'm going to ask Josh's opinion on that and more. This is the PCC Multiverse. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA... Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, and we're back on the program. It's Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Right back at you here. It is that time again. We're talking all the great things that are going on, not only in 2019, but also the entire decade as well. But before we do that, we've got a great December TV update. And who else is going to give it to you out there but our good friend? She is one of the lead writers. In fact, I think she's the head honcho writer. <laughs> from the TV ratingsguide.com. You got to check out what she's doing today at the TV ratingsguide.com. Plus also as well, Jessica's show on anchor Apple podcasts and several different podcast outlets. It is my good friend. It is miss Jessica box, Jessica, happy holidays to you and the family. First and foremost, it's a happy holidays to you too. There's many people that do Hanukkah, Kwanzaa besides Christmas. Absolutely. So many different people out there. And for whatever holiday that you're celebrating, just want to make sure it's the best for you. But it's also that time of the year we always see those Christmas specials that are like 50 years old come about. And some of them still warm my heart every time I see it. We see the same Christmas movies coming out each and every time every year. We see, you know, whether it's the holiday, Scrooged, Die Hard, you know, any of those Christmas movies that are out there. Tell you what, it's still that time of the year. There's a lot of great things going on, but I first want to focus in on closing in, like I said, on the end of the year. And there's some still things going on when it comes to the networks and the decisions that they're making with some shows, plus also what shows are performing well and what what are, you know, which ones are dying, which ones are on the cancellation block, and which ones are looking towards their way to being a hit. So I want to hear your thoughts. Can you give us an update of what's going on in the world of television? Recently, this past week, the CW aired their crossover called Crisis on Infinite Earths. Hold on, hold on. A crossover event of the ages, I think was what I heard the voiceover say. Although it didn't really translate that well to the 9 o'clock hour, it did bring some noticeable ratings lift to the CW. You said in the 8 o'clock hour, is that correct? It it really helped those shows in the 8 o'clock hour. Yes. Like which ones per se? Supergirl's uh, special time slot got noticeable improvement by airing at 8 o'clock. Batwoman did get some noticeable lift. I believe that point six was a new series for Batwoman especially. And The Flash did go up to like a point six, even though it's like at normal numbers. Fair enough. But it's nice to see that people are interested enough to go ahead and support the CW. And there is a little bit of a bump up in the eight o'clock hour. It's kind of disappointing on the other hand, and I'm sure CW is kind of disappointed to see it on the other end at the spectrum where it's not carrying over into the nine o'clock hour. To me, it's not that surprising. It's just the fact that, you know, CW just doesn't seem to get as much love as, you know, a lot of people think it does. But to have a major crossover event like this and to not have it fully supported, to me overall, has got to be a little bit disappointing. It is somewhat disappointing, although Black Lightning only got like a tenth of a bump, which is okay nowadays for 2019 rating standards, but it's still somewhat disappointing. Well, there's other major things to talk about besides the Infinite Crisis saga going on in CW. So I want to hear your thoughts on what else is going on, because I know you've got some updates on some other shows on the other broadcast networks you also want to talk about as well. 
Well, Fox decided to air the Christmas miniseries, The Moody's. I have no idea why Fox decided to air that, but it aired around the same numbers as Almost Family did, except Almost Family is now doing much worse. That's a shame for Fox, even though they're still riding somewhat high on The Masked Singer. I mean, I've seen the promotion out there like crazy. I know a lot of people are following it. People are still trying to figure out you know, what's going on, especially when you have former singers from the 90, like Seal and you know athletes on there and things of that nature. So it's kind of fun to see that the mass singer is trying to throw everyone off by going ahead and just, you know, having almost anybody seemingly available to go ahead and being under the mask. But their ratings overall, I think, comparative to what the rest of the broadcast scene, I, I think it's a pretty positive sign for the mass singer because they've done such a tremendous job of promoting the show overall. Yeah, despite it going down along with the rest of the networks, it's still one of the top shows of 2019 overall. Absolutely. It is definitely one of the big hits of 2019 with CBS, NBC, and ABC, because I know there are also a lot of things going on and some changes that are coming up for those networks as well. Well, ABC's mid-season schedule pushed Grey's Anatomy to the 9 o'clock hour to make room for Station 19. I'm not really sure that it's going to end up well for ABC in the long run. The merger with Viacom and CBS is official, although there's no noticeable ratings effects. We still have like the comedies are doing okay, while All Rise this week has cooled down noticeably in the 0.5s range. And now they're burning off making it, which was a summer show, and that's not doing so hot in the ratings. And NBC. We're getting ready to air AGT champions. Uh, and AGT, the ratings might be good enough to keep it on the air long term, but we'll have to wait and see how much of a black cloud this puts over America's Got Talent. Bluff City Law, like you said, is shutting down after 10 episodes. So you know, goodbye, Bluff City Law. Unfortunately, that's uh, all she wrote for that series. I do want to ask before we head over to your picks for best of the year and best of the decade in shows, what's going on as far as any other shows on the cut line or what's going on in the world of cable? Anything else you've got for us for December TV update? A lot of shows that are coming in on HBO. Watchmen bumped around between 600 and 800,000 viewers for the first airings in the fine Although it's doing around the same as Secession. Okay, well, so we're going to have a, a discussion, I'm sure, about Secession and the Watchmen coming up in our best of the of the year so far in television. So we'll leave that to the side. But it's interesting to see what the relationship is as far as ratings are concerned for Secession and also Watchmen. Any last thoughts on the December TV update before we head on to your best of lists? SmackDown has cooled down for the most part, but it's still leading in the Friday night ratings, especially for Fox. AEW was cooling down quite a bit in the last cable update, and NXT has been pretty much stable. It's just nice to see that there is alternatives outside the world wrestling entertainment for pro wrestling fans or anybody interested in sports entertainment. 
before we return with Jessica Boggs, it's DJ Slumberland with his song, For Lily. That's DJ Slumberland. You can find his songs today on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Once again, I'm on with my good friend, Jessica Boggs. You got to check out what she's doing today at the tvratingsguide.com 
Also as well, if you got some earphones and you're listening to our show, check her awesome show out, Jessica's show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and several different podcast outlets. It covers the world of entertainment, always gets you the latest TV updates, and a whole lot more. Once again, that's Jessica's show now available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different podcast outlets. We now head on to the best of 2019. So we're going to talk about the best shows of 2019. I've got a few in mind, but I know you have a few in mind as well. So ladies first, because I am a true gentleman, what are your thoughts on the best television shows of 2019? Well, in no particular order, I named the other two, Secession, The Good Fight, Watchmen, and Rick and Morty as a few of the highlights from 2019. I'll say this with Secession. I've tried to get into it. To me, it's just kind of, I don't know, it's very difficult to explain because, and it's not the fact that they use F-bombs every other word. I mean, that's something that is on HBO. Of course, you're going to have something that is is of TV mature. They always like to push an envelope and all that nature. But for me, when I look at it, it just seems to me that, you know, it with Brian Cox there, he, he is just commandeering the show. I mean, he's done such a great job on the show, but everybody else, to me, it's just a mixed bag. And just to me, it just becomes that they're all whiny kids, which I understand and get the point of what that is. But to me, it's just not as entertaining and it didn't bite me enough and get me uh, hooked for several more episodes. I watched a couple, but it's just so hard for me to get into and stay with it because it just seems like it's just one hour of whining each and every time. Why does it connect with you so much? I'm thinking is we had that discussion over Secession being like one of the next cult hits, like big hits, especially in delayed viewing because that was one of the highlights, especially when we were talking about secession starting in the summer all the way to like now. Fair enough. That's a great list you got there. I can share you my list of 2019 and no, it unfortunately my best of list will not have seal team on it as uh, you and I always joke about uh, before in past (laughs) years. Um, the best TV I have right now with me, let's start off with The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Good show. It is a very good show. Tony Shalhoub, especially for me, stands out. He's always been one of my favorite actors. And I think of all the performances on there are, are just tremendous. But he, he just does a great job on every show that he's on virtually. So all the characters on there are just truly a, a great pleasure to watch. Cobra Kai. For me, Cobra Kai isn't as great as as it was last year because Cobra Kai was one of the three best shows on television last year. It still is a great show. I mean, the first part of this season was outstanding. It was just at the end, especially with the world's longest high school fight. I just think that was probably a little bit too much for me. But other than that, it still is on my list as far as overall with a great show. And uh, I think it still had a very, very, very good second season. Doom Patrol. I think you need to go out of your way to find Doom Patrol. It's so weird. It's so out there. But I'll tell you what, it is worth watching. Elementary in its final season, I think, closed out well. I think it showed off exactly the talent still that they had of what's left for Johnny Lee Miller and also Lucy Liu. And they ended it on a point where they could still go ahead and revise it in a movie format, maybe on CBS All Access if they decide to go that route. I mean, Lucy Luce working for CBS All Access anyways, so 
You never know what can happen for fans of Elementary. Stranger Things is a great show. This is probably their best season ever. I think it was just a, an outstanding performance and by everyone involved. And I just think it's a, a great show that even got better uh, at, you know, with this season. Although it's going to be hard to beat this season when it comes to the next season four, season five, and going on. It's going to be hard to beat what I think is going to be the plateau for this show, and that is this season. Chernobyl, you have to go ahead and see as far as and understand if you get by the fact that none of the Russians are speaking Russian and that they're actually British, the, if you get by that fact, then you're, you're going to be go ahead and see some outstanding acting. And I'll just tell you what, it's, it's truly compelling television to understand what went on because it, as far as the 80s are concerned, it's one of the major disasters of the 80s. And you get to find out and understand a little bit more about what happened and why. And then last but not least, the best show on television for me, well, let's go with you first. The best show on television for 2019 was? I feel like there was no clear number one. On oh, I disagree for- with you on that one. 110%. Because the best show on television by far was The Boys on Amazon. A mature rating, so it's not for the kids. But I think it took the superhero genre in a completely different direction. And I'll tell you what, it had the best performance on television Anthony Starr as Homelander just a truly incredible performance and I want to tell you one of the great robberies of this decade was the boys not being nominated for anything at the Golden Globes it's an egregious mistake that I think the Golden Globes should be ashamed of because it was the best show on television for 2019 that's kind of like not having Fargo or Atlanta but we all know why Atlanta didn't get nominated because we didn't have a new season of Atlanta. It's every two years. Well, I know there was a lot of people out there crying for other shows that didn't get nominated, but for anyone who sees the boys and doesn't say that's good television, I don't know what you're talking about. I know we usually target some worst picks and some dogs. What shows really just, you know, just got you mad in 2019? Definitely almost family from Fox. That was a travesty. So melodramatic. It's not even funny. And Game of Thrones, the rest of like season eight, and even the final episode of season eight of Game of Thrones. Well, Game of Thrones to me was disappointing as well. And Josh, I know when I spoke to him, we were both disappointed with it. I don't know how it won all those Emmys. I think that's a joke, personally, because Game of Thrones is such a great show in season six and season seven. And to garner the acclaim that it did when everybody out there, and I mean everybody, was giving it mixed reviews is saying something. So for me, I won't go ahead as far as the worst of 2019. I won't go ahead and say SEAL Team, but it's still a pretty bad show. I will probably have to say Magnum P.I. It's down there. Yeah, it's down there. Once again, it's my good friend Jessica Box from the TVRatingsGuide.com. You got to check out what she's doing today at the TVRatingsGuide.com. And also, as well, her great show, Jessica Show, which you can catch on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and so many other different outlets. So, we've gone over a December TV update. We've gone over the best of 2019 and a little bit of the worst of 2019. 
So I want to hear from you, my friend. We're counting down a lot of the great things that went on in pop culture this decade with a lot of our good friends of the show. You're no exception as a great friend of the show. So I want to hear your thoughts on the best TV shows from you this decade. Atlanta, Pose, Fargo, Mr. Robot, and then counting down the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Place, The Americans, either tied or close to number one. It's like a tie for you. You just can't break that tie. It's really hard. Fair enough. That's a great list right there for you. As far as for best of the decade, let's go with at number five, Almost Human, which was a show that only got a limited run on Fox. I know that's out there, but I truly enjoyed the show. An abbreviated season. Unfortunately, it it was like up in the air and hiatus for a long time. It didn't get, uh, unfortunately, renewed. It was on the fence, but people just absolutely loved it. I absolutely love that show. I thought it was a great concept and it's just a shame to see that it never got its love. And it came in a period just before streaming came to life as far as an entity is buying other shows off of broadcast and cable television. This would have been a show had it come three years later. I think that would have been bought out by a Netflix or bought out by a another streaming entity and been able to go ahead and flourish somewhere else. Like we're seeing with the expanse right now on Amazon and many other shows that have seen a new life on a different format. So unfortunately, almost human will never get a chance to go ahead and see what could materialize, but there were so many possibilities. And that's why I thought that it should be at number five, number four, I'm going to say Atlanta. Atlanta is something that I think as, as a, not only just a well-made show, I just think as a show that also defines the growing diversity that's out there and the things that you can do and, and so many things that, that can happen when you give everyone a chance to go ahead and put out a good product. These are the type of things that come out of it. And Atlanta is just a great show. And Donald Glover is probably one of the most exceptional talents out there in Hollywood today. And you know, you got a chance to see it with Atlanta. Number three, Stranger Things. It's uh, helped Netflix reach new highs. And I just think it's been one of the great shows of this decade. I also wanted to give an honorable mention as far as Netflix shows to Black Mirror. So Black Mirror as well was just off my list. But I, I think Black Mirror, depending on the show, depending on the season, has some really good things to, to see. And, and I recommend it highly. Uh, number two, The Boys. The Boys, I, I, could, I cannot say enough about it. I said it before earlier in this episode. I'll say it again. Right now, it's the best show on television, and you should be watching it if you are old enough to do so and don't mind the mature content. And number one, you mentioned this show already. I think it was one of the finest works in television in the century, and that is The Americans. For anybody who didn't catch it, should just sit down from season one and I'll just watch it from one season to another all the way to the end because it is must-see watching. To see quality television at its finest, I don't think you get much better than the Americans. But those are some still great thoughts on not only the best of 2019, but also the best of the decade as well in television. Once again, it's my good friend Jessica Box from the TVRatingsGuide.com. 
All right, my friend. It's always great talking to you. Can't wait for your January TV update. I want to start hearing more about what shows are on the cut line, what shows are saying goodbye, and what shows are saying hello because of those mid-season updates that are coming for all the broadcast networks and cable networks out there. So it'll be interesting to see what you have coming up for us in our January TV update right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show. This is a PCC Multiverse. If you need a listing of where we're at because we're being played all around the world, seven days a week on radio stations worldwide, stop by on our Facebook page, Pop Culture Cosmos, and you'll see a listing right there of all of our radio stations, plus some of our over 30 different podcast options as well. My friend, you've got a great thing going on with Congratulations You Suck. There's still time to buy it. So come on, let everybody know out there why they need to get as a great Christmas present, your book, Congratulations You Suck. Check it out, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Powell's Books. It's all over the place. And please leave a review on Amazon. I would greatly appreciate it. And honestly, if you have any questions at all, Send me an email, humanicanmedia at gmail.com or popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, and I will get back to you. That is Congratulations, You Suck. You can find it everywhere you can get your books. I want to give a big shout-out and thank you to Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com for December TV update. And thanks to DJ Summerland for providing one of his hit songs for today's program. I wanted to hear your thoughts on, first off, earlier this week, PlayStation had its Nintendo-ish state of play. Was there anything that was appealing, whether it was the Resident Evil 3 remake announcement, Media Molecule's Dreams coming out in February, Babylon's Fall from Platinum Games? Was there anything that was appealing to you at all at State of Play? Okay, so Resident Evil 3 looks really good. We kind of know what we're getting, right, from the Resident Evil 2 remake that came out. Predator Hunting Grounds, what is it? You know, that's something we don't really know a lot about. Untitled Babylon's, Goose Game, you know. Untitled like, Goose Game. That actually looks cool. Babylon's Fall, actually, I'm I'm interested in. It might be one of those like the Order 1886 type games, you know, where it's it looks cool, but it's only you know it's like six hours of gameplay, and then you never hear anything about it ever again. So, which is a shame because I love the Order 1886 concept. Then the game came out. We but, see a lot of these titles come out, and then they just kind of get thrown by the wayside. Yep, yeah, but it is a great looking game though. The, yeah, oh, for sure. Games. Yeah, so basically, okay. State of Play didn't have a whole lot to bring to the table. Like I said, the Resident Evil 3 remake was pretty much the major thing that went on, and also Media Molecule's Dreams. And you know, that project's been you know in limbo and, and working on forever, seemingly. And now it's finally got a February 2020 release date, which is great. Babylon's Fall and all that. But, you know, there were also a lot of ports that are now coming to PlayStation. So that's a good sign and some indie games and whatnot. But really wasn't that big or in capturing of the news and things of that nature when it came to the state of play. When it came to the Game Awards, however, first off, we're not going to talk about the new Xbox yet. We'll save that for last. But Godfall from Gearbox, a new game coming from them, 
so got to see the trailer for it. I don't even know how well it looks because I didn't see any gameplay. Of course, you never see any gameplay when it comes to these intro debut trailers. Telltale's coming back with The Wolf Among Us 2. Ghost of Tsushima, you did get a larger look. That's coming in the summer of 2020. Amazon with New World and Magic the Gathering, both are getting MMOs. And what got Josh really excited because this is a game he was really, really talking good about. And that's a sequel to Hellblade. It's called Senua's Saga and also Gears of War Tactics. So I want to hear thoughts about these games. Anything that, that just came out at you? I know Ghost of Tsushima is something that really you were looking forward to. But was there anything else as well? The new Hellblade? I know there was other stuff there during the Game Awards that, that was announced that really caught your eye. Okay, so what kind of came out of nowhere for me was Naraka Blade Point. Like I, I saw that. And I love the the mechanic where you jump into the air and you kind of twirl around. It reminds me of like a crouching tiger hidden dragon type game. Gears tactical. I honestly like I don't have any interest in playing any Gears games outside of the the over the shoulder type games that are out right now. You know, I'm playing through Gears 5 right now. And I last night I actually fought a boss and I died 16 times in case anyone was wondering about that. Gears is already like it's becoming stale to me. Like I don't have any desire to to play any side stories on that. So that's where I stand on that. Ghost of Tsushima looks amazing. I love that it has these Assassin's Creed type elements to it where you're jumping out of trees, jumping off buildings. Like you saw that part in the trailer, right? When he's standing on the hut and he jumps down and, and plunges his sword into the neck of the guy beneath him. Like it feels like there's a lot of different ways to play that game. And I love the fact that it's still coming out. I feel like this is going to be a big game. It's going to be a high-quality AAA cinematic title that will be released. Oh, it shows here, right? It's PS4 uh, this summer. So, I mean, that could yeah, be our next summer. And that's something I next wanted to summer. ask you. Wait, wait. Summer 2020. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. <laughs> I I thought that that was going to be a, a PS5 title, but I'm just kind of I'm reading. And that's it. something I wanted to ask you, my friend. Should it be a PS5 title? We also mentioned in the state of play – Media Molecules Dreams. I think both of those games, since they've been in development forever, they should be both on the PS5 to maximize their potential. Well, I'm wondering if they were the development started before the PS5 dev kits came out, and that's what made these want to go to PS4. Dreams, I know, I heard is like glitches all get up right now, so they haven't really like perfected that's been in it. Development while the PS3 was being sold, right? Right, so it's been in development for a very long time. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima looks beautiful. It looks just like it. It looks like a visual feast. It looks like it's going to be fun to play. The mechan- the combat is very smooth. But with it launching on the PS4 in the summer and the new consoles coming out, what two and a half months later is it going to be one of those games that falls by the wayside because it it, it will have its time to shine, but then everyone's going to be too obsessed over the uh you know the ps5 xbox whatever it is you know i I feel like this would be a game that would need to have some kind of up res package or it would need to be remastered for the ps5 what are your thoughts on this well i'll tell you what i think it's a mistake personally i think both of those titles should be showcased on the ps5 you mentioned what you thought was coming to the to the new xbox and again we're going to talk about that here in a second so I just don't think it's the right move for either Media Molecules Dreams or also as well the Ghost of Tsushima. I think Sony has, with The Last of Us 2, a major game for the PS4 that they can go ahead and still count on and rely on because you know The Last of Us 2 is going to get an up-res 
version for the PS5, just like they did the original one for the PS4. So I think there's just going to be, you know, something that is going to be a mistake. And I see Media Molecule's dreams being kicked to the curb, like we've seen with many Sony titles before. And Ghost of Tsushima in the summer 2020, that's very iffy. Because if you put something out in the summer, there's not always a chance you're going to find an audience for it. But it does look like a very pretty game. A couple of things before we hit to the Xbox real quick, my friend. And that is Gearbox's new title that they announced, Godfall. Were you impressed by it? What were your thoughts? Gearbox is their Borderlands. So, I mean, if they do that according to the Borderlands standards and the, you know, the writing's good and the, the combat is good, I could be interested in it. But right now, I don't really know enough to, like, say much about it but i'm intrigued by it but i don't know if it's something that i'm going to be throwing onto my uh to buy list at this moment hellblade 2 is something you asked me about yes i'm really excited about that you know not a lot of games tackled mental health the way that they do and i think it's a beautiful game it's well written i just don't know where they would go after the the last one because you get this big reveal that she is mentally unstable so what happens next you know that's the big question there but i am excited about it Telltale, last thing I want to talk about when it comes to the games at the Game Awards that were announced. They're back in business, my friend, or at least a new revised version of Telltale Games. The game that they chose to go ahead and start off with in development is The Wolf Among Us 2. Was that the right move, or would you have chosen another game in their library? No, I think this is the right move. They're going back to basics. Wolf Among Us was kind of the game that put them on the map, and if they were to show people like, hey, we're starting over, and we we hear what you want. We're not going to be doing, you know, we're not going to just be chasing big IPs anymore. We're going to go back to our roots, the reason that people loved us in the first place. And I think this is a great move by them. All right, my friend. The two last things we're going to talk about the Game Awards. The big reveal of the entire week was what the new Xbox or what has been Project Scarlet is now been announced. It's now been showed off. And it looks quite a bit different than the Xbox One that we currently have now. It's coming out next holiday. It's the Xbox Series X. So I ask you, my friend, it looks like my subwoofer. Am I going to have a problem when I try to plug it into Dolby and I'm trying to think I'm going to get surround sound and a thumping bass and I realize that's my Xbox Series X instead? You just got to remember to plug it into your Onkyo receiver and then you'll be good. Right? I might try to whack it a couple of times. Say, hey, I want more bass. I want more bass. I'm going to be like sitting there chatting with it. Hey, Alexa. Wait, no, that's not Alexa. It looks like an Alexa on steroids. One thing I want to ask you with the Xbox Series X is this. They did not get rid of the Blu-ray, which I know was something they have been hinting of doing as far as their new game console for quite some time. I think the sales of the Xbox One that is digital only and not the Xbox One S that comes with the Blu-ray drive. I think the sales on it were sluggish enough to send a message to them. Hey, now is not the time to go all digital because going all digital for a system like that is really a mistake. I don't know. I think it's a good move. I think that people are finally starting to catch up to the Blu-ray trend, the HD stuff that are of this generation. You know, there's a lot of sales on like 4K Blu-rays and stuff like that. So I honestly feel like 4K is the way the future right now and they're just trying to get ahead of the curve you know where people are saying it's a bad idea now but you know two or three years down the line i think it's going to work out well for them also 
love the fact that there's a disk drive in here because while I do appreciate the the desire for all digital content, like I collect things, you know, I like to have physical copies of things. I like to have discs that I put on my shelf. You know, I love to see the cases. I am not ready to go quietly into the non-physical future. Do you like the fact that they kept controller for all intents and purposes? I'm sure there's some slight modifications on it, but it looks exactly like the Xbox One controller. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Xbox One controller. There's not really a lot of ways you can change a controller and still make it, you know, go with your console scheme. So, like, I think this controller looks great, and I would absolutely love if I could sync my Xbox One controllers with it, too. That would be a dream come true. Um, I do have a question for you, though. We saw in the trailer, right, we saw footage for three games. We saw Forza, we saw FIFA, and we saw Halo. So... Do you feel like those are going to be the three launch titles that we're going to get? Or do you think there might be more than that? Well, I'm sure there will be more than that. I'm sure we'll be hearing about a lot more in the coming days. I think that would be a smart move if they came with a one, two, three punch. They're doing it right way. Whereas Sony, I'm not sure what they're doing, but not having two games that could be of great quality right off the get-go be their debut games on that console, especially Ghost of Tsushima, which which you and I think looks beautiful on a PlayStation 4, would look even better on a PlayStation 5. I think that was a mistake that they probably will regret at some point in time. But when it comes to the Xbox Series X, overall, I, I have good starting impressions, even though it looks, again, like my subwoofer. I still think there's going to be a lot of think good things coming up for the Xbox Series X, especially if, like you said, they pack it with that one, two, three punch as as far as games debuting on the system when it comes out in holiday 2020. If you have any thoughts on the Xbox Series X, initial impressions, plus also a lot of the games that were shown off at the State of Play and Game Awards as well, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Before we head on out, my friend, I got to ask you, was the fix in because the last thing on the game awards is who won the awards best game direction was won by death stranding who hosted the game awards jeff Keeley. and who happens to have a cameo in said death stranding jeff Keeley. so i ask you again my friend was the fix in i know he and kojima are tight buds i know he's a big admirer of kojima and now he has Death Stranding, which has done very well, but it's not without its polarity in people liking it and not liking it. It's got an overall rating of around 82 from Metacritic. Is it deserving of best game direction, or do you think the fix was in like I do? I don't like to believe in the conspiracy stuff, but I do think that there's something weird going on there because Death Stranding's reviews were all over the place. Even the biggest reviewers out there, IGN, Polygon, Kotaku, like they weren't saying great things about it. Whereas last year with God of War, they're saying great things about God of War and that's why God of War took home all these big things. So I feel like Death Stranding was far too polarizing to have won. So there's got to be something going on there. So who who is the panel of voters, right? Like it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think game. the panel of voters were Jeff Keeley, Jeff Keeley, and Jeff Keeley. And Kojima, it would seem. Well, the game at the Game Awards that earned narrative of the year, Disco Elysium, is something I alerted to you a few weeks ago. 
And it is the highest rated game, I believe, that came out according to Metacritic this year. I know I just go off of what I see from a universal acclaim perspective. Metacritic just grabs the the reviews and compilates into one. If that's the case, I think they should have just based it off of that. And that should have been your game a year, just so you're not putting any type of bias into it. And you're taking collection of over 50 to 100 game reviewers, as opposed to maybe a panel of three or five or Jeff Keighley. But again, that wasn't my call. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great Hey, Adam Thomas. Yes, Thomas Mariani. You know how there are podcasts about bad movies? Yeah. And also podcasts about good movies? Yeah. Well, what if a podcast could cover both? What? Listen to Double Edge Double Bill, where a random selected yin and yang of a double feature is picked and then picked apart. Now, who came up with this wacky idea? Adam, we did. That's our show. I'm learning something new every day. Listen to us on the ESO Network and wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.